Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Monday, October the 10th, 2022. What is going on? Chris Phillips here, the Daily Crow of the Spurs Up show here on this Victory Monday. What is going on? Let's go ahead and hop into it. Very excited to chat with you all here on this Monday. As you see, we are back in studio for TDC. I see Brennan Wagner, Todd Smith, Caden, Travis, Travi, Babes and Waves, Hunter Herlong, Justin Langford, Cameron Blassengame, XM, John Edward. Uh, let's see, Stephen Boardwell, Jeff Gulledge, Rebecca, Stephanie, Austin War. What's up? Appreciate y'all tuning in. Also, those in the Big Cock Club Discord, y'all head on over to the TDC Questions channel, the TDC Questions channel to be sure that your questions are answered there. Guys, my goodness, how much difference a week can make. How much difference a week can make, folks. Uh, the Gamecocks are now 4-2. and two, Big win over the weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. And I want to hear all your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your calls. We are taking those here on a Monday, 843 843- 790-3377. Also, guys, the podcast, of course, did drop this morning under the name The Spurs Up Show. Uh, my full thoughts and everything that happened over the weekend. Top takeaways, our cop commander, MVP of the weekend, um, and everything in between, guys. Really, really exciting stuff. Again, though, I want to hear from you today. 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. Beamer ball to the freaking Moon, folks, on that note, really quickly, you see the merch. You see it every day. 15% off all merchandise until midnight tonight using the promo code BEAMERBALL. All one word, BEAMERBALL, together, 15% off. So if you've been waiting for whatever reason to get your BEAMERBALL merch, Shane Storm, uh, your... You know, I don't know, Beamer, Rattler merch, whatever it is. Clem sucks. You guys know what we got. The towels, whatever. Now is the time to go get it. Promo code BEAMERBALL, 15% off until midnight tonight. That's over at TSUS.store. Also, as always, The Daily Crow, brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down with the Prize Picks app. Go to prizepicks.com. By the way, shout out my guy, Brandon Wagner. How about Brandon Wagner with the super chat? Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, sir. He says, suck it, great value, Stoops, Beamer ball to the moon. And if you're trying to call in right now, give me just two seconds, and we'll get this ad read out of the way, and then we will officially open up the phone lines. I see you, 843 number. I got you. I promise. I'm going to let you in. I promise. Just give me two seconds. I Just give me two seconds. I realized that you guys were calling in at the beginning of the show when I was doing the ad read. And so I was like, let's get this out of the way. Then the phone lines will be open. We'll open up the floodgates. But anyways, guys, over at Prize Picks, download the app, go to their website, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. And guys, ask anybody who's tuned in right now. So many people have won tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, right? You can play prop plays on any sport, any prop you can think of. Basically, they have it. Uh, again, with the MLB playoffs getting going, uh, college football, college sports, NHL is back. You've got, like I just mentioned, MLB, the NFL, NBA, 
any sports you can think of, guys. There's tons of money to be won. Let's break the bookie this season with our friends at Prize Picks. That's promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Uh, somebody asked, by the way, does Savelle beef with you? No. No, Savelle and I are cool. I Nobody, we were not... No, we haven't beefed at all with Savelle. Unless I've missed something. I No, Savelle and I are, are cool. I don't know. All right, now, guys, the phone lines are officially open. You can call in 843-790-3377. That's 843-790-3377. I do want to hear from... You again, the 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 comment line Monday as expected. Here we go, Justin. What's up, man? How are you? I do. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Hey, Chris. I feel good today. We finally got we finally beat Kentucky. Got this monkey off my back. You know. Yeah, winning is fun. Yeah, it's it's amazing again what just having a or getting a win can do for a a fan base's psyche. And again, that's why I talked about. All last week, man, just how big of a game it was. You know, you, you had gotten through five games the season with, you know, not really a lot to show for it <clears throat> at this point, or at that point, excuse me. And <clears throat> you just needed a quality win going into the bye week. And, you know, I don't care who Kentucky had playing and didn't have playing. You know, we had guys out too, but you got that quality win. So it's that shot in the arm you needed. And, uh, you know, just happy for the Gamecocks fan base, obviously happy for the football team and, Man, was it ever a big one for Shane Beamer and his team? Because uh, they they did they, they kept receipts of what Mark Stoops said. That is for sure. That is for sure. Oh, with yeah. the, with the glasses and the post game and the t shirts and yeah, Shane Beamer kept the receipts, folks. There is no doubt. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I was happy too because man, it, it feels good to be Kentucky because you because no. we talked about this all two weeks ago and said we gotta be Kentucky and we got to beat them. You know, Chris. Yeah, I mean, losing to Kentucky sucks. I mean, and it's just one of those things where we got so used to beating Kentucky for so long, you're just never going to convince. And, and the fact, too, that we were beating Kentucky every year when we weren't great, you know, even when we were winning six games, whatever, we were still beating Kentucky, right? So you're just never oh, yeah. going to convince Gamecock fans that it's, that it's okay to lose to Kentucky no matter how up and up, if you will, their program, um, you know, ha- ha- has gotten. So – no, nah, it's, it's a great win, though, man. It's, it's great to, to you know, snap a couple streaks, go on the road and play well. And I know the first half was rough, but to make those second-half adjustments and, and uh, you know, really take it to an SEC opponent. And, you know, it's, again, it's just that shot in the arm the fan base needed and it gives you a lot of hope and optimism for the second half of the season. Um, you know, now you just – you look at the second half, you look at the last six games – through a bit of a different scope and a different lens. So it, it, it's a great win, man, and it feels good to to be good here on this Monday for sure. Oh, yeah, it does too, Chris. And, Chris, I was watching Alabama test it. No, test it should be Alabama, but it, it, the, the quarterback had – like, he was too, he was too covered, you know? About – are you talking about the last play or what? The last play for the Test AM Alabama game. Yeah, it was a dog shit play call. Not not a, not a great play call. Not a great play call. I think. I, I mean, even if he catches it, I don't think he's in. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what uh, what the deal with that was. How about this? I don't mean to cut you off, by the way, but I just saw this. Matt Rule officially fired as the Panthers head coach. How about that? Jeez, that was quick. Oh my. God. Maybe he'd be interested in being our well, offensive coordinator. I, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. 
Yeah, Chris, I want him out. You know that? Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I think a lot of Panthers fans are are happy about that though. So. Yeah, I have a kid, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Um, hey, Chris, I got here, man. Um, hey, Chris, what do you talk about Tennessee offense, man? I mean, that, that offense is hard to stop, you know. Tennessee's offense. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tennessee's really good. Uh, I, I'm not saying they're going to beat Alabama, but I, I know it. Gamecock fans don't want to accept it. There's many things Gamecock fans don't want to accept, though. But I, I, I think Tennessee's good. I had them nine and three before the season. Almost picked them to go ten and two. Um, I, I, I expected them to be good. The question for them was defense. I mean, they, they, they throw it all over the yard. Hendon Hooker's for real. I, you know, Tennessee's a really good football team. I mean, I had them finishing – I had them finishing second. So, I you know, I uh, – yeah, I think, I think Tennessee's really good. What they're doing – I had Tennessee covering two and a half against LSU. What they're doing right now isn't totally shocking to me. I know as Gamecock fans, again, we hate to see it, but you – I think, in my opinion, you, you just got to tip your cap, man. I think Tennessee's for real. Oh yeah, I agree, Chris. Hey, Chris, the thing about the thing about Tennessee, all the way, all the way, Georgia—that's damn fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, I, I think those are the the two teams that stand in their way. But no, Tennessee's for real. Justin, I appreciate the call, my guy. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, we're gonna keep guys. I'm, I'm gonna keep rolling through these calls because we got a lot of people. Um, I got a lot of people that are trying to call in. So, phone lines are open, 843-790-3377. Guys, Steven Garcia going to join us in the second hour. So, get your calls in now. Our guy, Gar, the Roach King, playing in a golf tournament today. So, I, I don't know. He might actually join us a little bit or join us at the, the same time. I don't really know yet. But uh, just to be safe, we're going to give him some extra time. Call from, the phone Will from Darty Martel. Will, what's up, man? How are you? Good. I thought you might have Rebecca'd me for a second there, bro. I was like, what? <laughs> I did not Rebecca you, my friend. And, and here's, here's the thing. I, this might be good news to some, might be bad news to some, and might be indifferent to some. But Rebecca called in last week, and we won. So I think it's got to become a weekly tradition at this point. So I'm just saying. Whatever it takes. Uh, just wanted to call in and uh, give my opinion, man. I, I, great win. Uh, Really, really started out hot, and then which was the, not normal for us to get such a big play early, but then kind of fizzled out a little bit in the first half. Offense was anemic, and then Rattler showed up good big in the second half. He played like a different quarterback, yeah, in that second half, and hopefully that's something we can kind of see going forward because it's been it's been one of those years it's, it's, it, for him that it's it's hard to judge, man. I mean, you're looking at him five touchdowns through. Six games isn't really what we were looking for, but we're four and two, and I think that's pretty much where everybody had us, you know. So I mean, that's or at least where I had us. So it's good, but then at the same time, it's like there's a little more to be desired on the offensive side of the ball, right? Oh, I mean, for sure, of course. And listen, and it's okay to say that here on this Monday. I mean, I, I'm ecstatic for the victory. I'm thrilled over it, but I mean, no doubt, nobody would deny that. There's certainly more. I mean, you had 90 yards of offense in the first half, right? The yeah. defense is what should be the story, right? I mean, they, they they kept you in the ball game long enough for your offense to figure some things out and finally have some explosives. And, um, you know, that defensive line, what they did was just – I mean, that, that – you know, I'll tell you this, and I don't want to overreact, obviously, because, listen, I understand who Kentucky had out, and uh, you, you can't deny that that made a difference in the ball game. But that, that felt like 
a vintage Carolina defensive line performance. Like that that reminded me of the Spurrier years where our defensive line would just would just take over. You know what I mean? Like like our our studs up front would just overwhelm the opponent. Uh, and I'm not saying we got any Jadavion Clownies up front, but that 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 just it reminded me of those dominating performances of the Spurrier years up front. So that was great to see. You know, I, I know we've been hell. I've been very critical of Jordan Birch and Zach Pickens and those guys stepping up and be. They played like five stars. I, I thought they did. I, I thought yeah. they played like five Birch stars. Was good. They finally yeah. lived up. You know, that's kind of how we expect them to play, and you just hope they can continue to build on that and. Uh, but that that defensive line performance was, I mean, the best we've seen in quite some time, honestly. Six sacks on the night. Um, I don't care who ten, Kentucky's quarterback was. And then you hold – you know, if you'd have told me in pregame you were going to hold Kentucky to 120 rushing yards or so, I would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. I, I, I would have told you you had a great chance to win. And, I mean, again, we, we talked about the things going into Kentucky that mattered, that were important, line of scrimmage, winning up front, and you outrushed Kentucky. And, again, if you would have told me that last week, that, hey, you're going to outrush the Wildcats, I would have said you got a great shot to win, right? Because it means you won the battle up front. So um, that's why South Carolina won the football game. They won the battle in the trenches on both sides, if you really want to boil it down to it. But, uh, no, you know, offensively, man, without getting into, you know, because I know know some folks love to get into film study and formations. And, dude, you know, the offense, obviously, there's still left to be desired. And and I think at this point – I'm not going to be the guy this week that that is that is leading with the negative and complaining, but you know I, I think that's probably going to be us for this entire year. We're not going to be Tennessee on offense. Yeah. We're, we're not going to be explosive. Yeah. We're, we're we're not. We're six games in. Man. You're not all of a sudden just going to be scoring 40, 40 points per game on the other side of the bye week. Um, so we're going to need our defense to pick up the slack. Bottom line, we're going to need our defense to force some turnovers. I mean, obviously, I still want to see more out of Spencer Rattler, but uh, or excuse me, yeah, out of Spencer Rattler, but. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe the simulation was right. I tell you, we were watching that simulation yeah. thinking, man, I can't believe how pedestrian Rattler's stats are. He had like nine touchdowns and ten picks. I tell you, he's kind of on pace for that, isn't he? He's kind of on pace yep, for that. Yep. I texted you during the game. I was yeah. like, that simulation knew it. It knew. It, like the sim, <laughs> the sim knew. It knew outside of us beating Georgia. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, man, where, again, winning cures all. You know, if you lose that game absolutely 27 to 24, the commentary is about how porous the offense is. That, that's what we're talking about. But you won the football game. So that's, you know, that's not what we're talking about. And, you know, I, I would say on that note too, man, that I, I said it after SC State. And I know there's a lot left to be desired. But people are like, you know, this guy's acting like they just won the Super Bowl. It's like, dude, I'm going to celebrate a win, big or small. I, it does not matter to me, bro. Like, we won. Winning is fun. If, I I, if we – if you let – let me say this. If you ever get to a point as a fan – where winning stops being fun, just just stop watching sports because you're not even getting the good side out of it. Like, we're going to be miserable when we lose. That is 110% a guarantee. Don't also lead with misery and negativity when you win. I'm not saying don't look at things through a critical scope and a critical lens. That's literally what I do on a daily basis. But, damn it, at least be able to enjoy a victory. I don't care how it comes, how it happens. Enjoy winning. The fun is in the winning, especially when you go on the road and beat an SEC team, right? It doesn't mean all the problems are fixed and that we're some perfect team that we're going to win nine or ten games. But, damn it, it feels good to beat Kentucky. I don't give a damn how it happened, right? And and that's – like I see people – I'm going to add this. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm, going to add this real quick. One, people that don't know how big that game was, 
don't understand what kind of – if Beamer loses that game with their starting quarterback out, it's a different conversation today about a lot of things. It was a huge win on a top 15 team. Nobody gave a shit about us losing four quarterbacks or starting four quarterbacks last year. Nobody cared. Nobody gave us a pat on the back. I'm not going to feel sorry for him with that. And also, we, we ran the ball. We, Marshawn Lloyd is that guy. Now, we didn't, you know, have a great, great game running the ball as far as, like, stats, but he did good when we needed him to do good, and Rattler did well as well. But just people out there understand, Beamer just changed the scope of the season in one game. We're looking at that Texas A&M game now, like, we can win that game, maybe, right? Like, that's not an unwinnable game. That's a very winnable game, especially how they've been playing with the confidence we got. Yeah. And, and I just want to say, I'm a, I'm a negative guy on some four fronts when it comes to looking at but I am very happy about this win. And Beamer, Beamer did a big thing, man. We went on the road and we won in a big fashion. It wasn't a close game. That score wasn't even as close as the game was. You know what I mean? Like that's huge for us, bro. We don't win a lot of games like that. Yeah, I mean, you I, know? I, I mean, yeah. how many? <laughs> yeah, to just go that's on the road and play, to go on the road and play the way you did, and and like you mentioned, my man, I I I really did feel like after that that first series, right, where we forced the fumble and score it kind of felt like it was our night and Kentucky was on their heels and they, they sort of knew that without Levis, they were going to have a tough time winning. And even when it was seven to seven at half, I just felt like I was like, man, the way our defense is playing, just a couple, just two scoring drives and we're, we're golden. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt confident in the defense. So you felt like it was a game you can control, you could control. And I, what I love seeing the most is, we played like a team with a chip on their shoulder. And obviously, the the culture climate thing, that played so much of a bigger role in that football game than any of us even gave credit to leading into it. You know, I had people last week telling me, oh, Chris, let it go. You know, Beamer said he, he knew it wasn't about him. Stoop said this. Just let it go. Why are you even bringing it up? Well, obviously, Shane Beamer kept receipts, and he took that shit personally. I mean, very, very personally because – all the stuff that happened post game, yeah. I mean, that, that, and that that team played like a team that wanted to prove a point, and I just love to see that. I love seeing South Carolina being the aggressor. Normally, kind of feels like we're the ones that are that are on the other side of that, right? So to see the Gamecocks be the aggressor and really take it to Kentucky and and go out there with a point to prove and prove that point, that was a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, and and you remember, I called in. I don't know when it was, but it was after the comments came out and I said for us to take our spot back, we got to beat Kentucky. Yeah. We got to get our spot back. And we did that. That's the first fucking step. We beat Texas A&M. If we do, we're five and two. And think about where, where, where our headspace is going to be at that point. Who knows? I mean, we, we very well might be ranked. We got 12 votes in the AP. We beat Texas A&M at the possible rank. So, I mean, great kudos to the team. I just want to call and say, man, it was a great game fun night to be a game caught and uh you know there's some stuff left we can do better but we haven't even played a good game yet and we're four and two yeah so that's where we are anyway i'll hang up chris talk to you later brother yeah man i appreciate you will always a pleasure to chat with you really really good stuff will from dirty myrtle always a pleasure um lexi crawford in the tdc question channel says give jc a shout out i did i actually did on the uh, the podcast but yeah jc nailed it he had 24 to what 14 last week uh, or 24 to 13, I think was his prediction. Final score, 24 to 14. So, J.C. Sherbert nailed it. J.C. Sherbert absolutely nailed it. Um, let's see. Yeah, Greg Bedinger, Garcia, I think we're going to do 
1.30. He's playing in a golf tournament. I'm sorry if uh, that does not work with your schedule, but that's that's what the Roach King is up to. All right, let's go ahead and jump the from Robbie Davis, Zachary Hall of Famer. To accept, press 1 to send a voicemail. Robbie, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing fantastic on this wonderful Victory Monday, my dude. Okay. First off, I want to apologize to my mom because she was pissed at me because she found out I picked us to lose. Okay. And it took a minute, but I, 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 try, I tried to explain to her, like, look, all it was was a prediction. I want us to win. All that was was a prediction. Okay. And Saturday night, there's no doubt about it. We proved the point that we can play some pretty darn good football to an extent. Aside from the offense looking a little sluggish, we played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I I will say this, watching our football team, um, it it is still hard for me to grasp the offensive struggles. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not expecting us to score 50 a game, but but it's little things like, you know, when you block the punt, not capitalizing. Like, that that's a killer, right? You know, and yeah. that was a game – I said this on the podcast, but that was a game that kind of reminded me of – and this is taking nothing away, by the way, but just an honest, honest analysis of the game. It kind of reminded me mm-hmm. of the Arkansas game in, in the sense of we were very slow out of the gate. I mean, think about it. If we don't have that fumble in the first play, we're probably seven to nothing. We probably go scoreless in the first half, right? Anyways, yeah. how it was a slow start. The difference was, and in the second half, you know, we we got it together and got things going a little bit offensively. The difference was Kentucky was not good enough. And our defense played much better, but Kentucky was not good enough to, to expose us early and lay it on us early, right? And our defense, again, played much better. Um, right. But I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I was – the offensive struggles, right? And, and I love, I loved what I saw in the second half. I, I loved the, the halftime adjustments. Obviously, I'm in a very, very productive second half. I, I don't know if maybe the play calling duties got divvied up. Something changed. I saw a lot of communication right. with Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield. And whatever they did in the second half, that's something that needs to continue. I, I'll just tell you that right now. That needs to continue. Yeah. Um. And but, honestly, I was not expecting us to kind of, I guess you could say, contain Rodriguez because whenever he came back last week, I was like, oh, crap, he's healthy. This isn't good. But we sort of kind of contained Rodriguez a little bit. I mean, yes, he got a couple of decent runs, but mainly we contained him, and and I said this, last week during the week I was like if we can stop the run and force this freshman quarterback to sit back there in the pocket or make him uncomfortable and make him move we'll have a shot at winning and we did that Saturday night we took care of business we shut Stoops up thank God we shut Stoops up I've been thinking since media days I was like I was like, karma is a bitch, okay? I was like, Stoops, karma's a bitch. You're going to freaking get yours come October. 
Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I think that obviously Kentucky was going to lean on Chris Rodriguez in this game with a quarterback that had never thrown a pass before. Um, right. And he, and he got his, but I, I agree with you. Held him in check just enough. Um, and I tell you, man, it really the defensive line, I feel like the sacks were what made the difference in the game because I'm just looking back at the statistics. I, I will say that Sharon kid did not play that bad for his first ever action. I mean, he threw the one interception, but he had two touchdown passes. So, I mean, yeah, not he terrible. Yeah, he played that bad. Yeah, I mean, he, he technically outdueled Spencer Rattler, uh, edged him by one passing yeah. yard. But uh, and one thing I would love to see from Spencer, okay, and I hate it that he does this all the time, okay. If I was our QB coach, I would tell Rattler this: if the if the checkdown is there, get it to the checkdown. If the main guy is open, <clears throat> throw it. But if no one's there, run with it. Do something. Just. He, he hangs on to the ball way too long. Right. And defenses in this conference are way too fast for you to sit back there and, and twiddle your thumbs. you got to make a decision. Yeah, indeed. And, and that's, what, that's what I would tell him. Like, like if, if when, when, when all else fails, get it to the check down. If, no, if the main receiver is not open – Get out of there and get some yardage and get down. Don't 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 try to overdo it. Just get yardage, keep the offense on the field, and good things will happen. And I I think I think it's safe to say that um, Lloyd has had a very good stretch of games, even though. Two of two of the three wins the last three weeks were against inferior opponents. He is he to me from the from, from, from what I have seen the last three games. He is fine. He found his groove. He's in his groove, and he's playing very well right now. Marshawn Lloyd's a beast. There's no question. It was it was a lot of fun Dude. to watch him run the football. And uh, it, I don't know yeah. if anybody else felt this, but when I watched him, it felt like he was gliding on Saturday night. Like just it looked, yeah, it, it was like a it was like a it was like an effortlessly fast. You know what I mean? Like he, he was very effortlessly quick. Um, and I and I think what yeah. you're seeing is him just finally. You know, he he is 110 percent healthy, and he's confident, mm-hmm. and he's having success, which mm-hmm. is giving more confidence. And um, you know, he he's every bit living up to that that five star pedigree that he came in with so uh you, you love to see it again exactly. for a guy that battled the injuries and the adversity and for for him to to live up to his potential if you will um it's it just it was a lot of fun to watch I mean him watching him you know I said this on social media yesterday but watching him run the football is intoxicating I mean it really was it's just it's a lot of fun so um I, I think yeah. he I, I think it's I don't think it's too bold to say he's the best player on this football team like, like as a whole anybody um best player on this football team yeah. He should, you know, I, I said this when he first got to Carolina, and and that that offense that he came into had a lot less weapons. But I, I just I think he should be the focal point of the offense. I, I really do. He's by far our most dynamic player at this point. Um, so he's a yeah. guy that hey, listen, your receivers and others they they might go a, a week or you know whatever without touching the ball. A shame. We There's no excuse for an Arshon Lloyd to not get fed the ball every week. Uh, there's just absolutely no excuse. He he's your He's your bell cow. He's your go-to guy. So Yeah. 
and now we got to just for the next basically two weeks get ready for A&M and give A&M hell because from what I've seen the last couple of weeks A&M's not looking so good Yeah, I mean A and M A and M is very beatable. A is very beatable, no doubt. They they have been it's 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 hard, it's tough to to really figure out Texas A and M. But I, I think it's an option. And I told somebody this. I'll finish with this. I told somebody this at the at the at the uh, men's conference that I went to this past weekend. And I said, Every football team has a weakness, okay? Or has weaknesses. It's just there are teams that are very, very good at hiding their weaknesses. And right now, A&M is not doing very well at hiding their weakness. Right. Yeah, should be a fun one, man. Both teams have a bye week. So, uh, I mean, what more could you ask for, man? Gamecocks are on a three-game winning streak. You know, we're going to find out the kickoff time here. Very, very soon. Should be in the next, you know, at, at most 30 minutes or so. The SEC will announce the kickoff mm-hmm. times. And I tell you, if, it, if it's a night game at Willie B, it's, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be rocking. So, it's going to uh, be chaos. Yeah, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's it's crazy. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, it's crazy how much things can change when you just, – just one game, just winning one game can completely change. But, again, it was it was one – it was one you needed, man. You you needed to see this team go out and yeah. perform a, against a what I'd say a quality opponent, an SEC opponent, just to show you can do it. Yeah. And now the team knows they can do it. They mm-hmm. can they can they can win some conference games. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Robbie, my friend, it's always a pleasure to chat with you, my guy. I appreciate you calling in. You have a great one. Okay. Yeah, man. We'll talk to you soon, Robbie. Yep. Great stuff. I'm guys, in case you did not realize, again, I'm trying to keep the calls to a 10-minute maximum. We'll just say that. A 10-minute maximum is what we're going to do. So, anyways, guys, want to continue to hear from you. 843-790-3377. How about this? Gamecocks, Texas A&M, 7.30 kickoff. On SEC Network. Holy smokes. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Call from Zachary. Zachary, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? Well, you know, we got a big win. Be the top 15 team. Be a top 15 team. Uh, I don't want to hear it from Kentucky fans. I don't want to hear who they didn't have because I don't care. Because guess what? Y'all are a top 15 team. And, you know, that means your entire roster is probably better than us, our roster. So, you know, that's what that's supposed to mean. So, you should be the better team. So, you should win. I agree with you 110%. I don't think injuries is a uh, is a good excuse. And we sure as hell didn't get any uh, sympathy last year when we had four different quarterbacks play a game. So, I mean. Yeah, it's it's a win anyway league, my man. Five years from now, nobody's going to give a damn who was starting, who wasn't. They're just going to know that we beat Kentucky, so it, it ain't really going to matter. So, um, I agree with you, man. I, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't take anything away from the Gamecocks. I mean, listen, did, did Will Levis not playing 
factor into the game? I mean, certainly, man. You don't have your starting quarterback. But, again, it's a win-anyway league. And, you know, I'm certainly not going to sit here saying all week, yeah, but. No, there's no yeah, but. You won the football game, bottom line. Yeah. Uh, Love has barely beat us last year. So, how much of a difference would I really have made? Say it again. I said, well, love is barely be as last year, so how much of a difference right, that right. would have made? Right, for sure. But, you know, Chris, I said this last week. I said, can we just find a way to just hang in there? And I said, we could probably win this game by 7-3 or 10. And I said 10, and we won by 10. And I was very happy to see that. Um, right away, when we got that turnover, I just knew that it, tonight was going to be different because, like, that like a, like kind of like a fate thing where like you could say like a bounce the ball thing, but mm-hmm. you know, just to start the game off like that was huge for the team. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was nice to see us get one of those breaks. You know, what I mean, like, you know, um, there's a lot of factors that go into winning and winning a football game, and you know, good fortune's one of them. Good fortune is one of them. So to see us get that bounce, and you know, also too, I mean, I say get that bounce, like we made a play. Um, I will say that first play calling was shocking. I, I, I just – that's, again, it, it made me feel so confident after that that it felt like Kentucky feels like they've got to be finesse and gadget, gadgety, if you will, to beat us. They don't yeah. feel confident enough yeah. in this quarterback and their run game that they're going to have to do stuff yeah. like that. So it gave me even more yeah. confidence after that. But, uh, I mean, listen, man, you get opportunities, you take advantage of them. Just glad to be on the right side of it. Yeah, because I, I noticed that. I was like, that's so weird that they called that because I'm like, if I'm their OC, Scangarella, I'm just calling I'm just calling Chris Rodriguez. I'm just calling a draw play, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm calling half that dive, a draw play, something. Like, but yet they tried to do that fancy reverse, and I was like so confused on why that was their – opening play call but like you said like maybe they just did not trust their quarterback and it kind of showed that they did not trust him because there was like a lot of man coverage and they did not take their chances against it so I think that's the one thing that should show you something yeah no for sure man I mean listen Levis not playing made made a difference but like you said the Gamecocks defense you got to just tip your cap to him and what Clayton White did and uh, you know one of my key matchups was Clayton White against that starting quarterback, and I think they had a great plan in place, and I think the attacking nature and getting after him, and again, it, uh, you know, it made a difference. Yeah, I was telling somebody, yeah, I was telling somebody earlier, I was like, I'm okay with just, like, us, like, you know, I'm not, like, you don't have to blitz in this game against this quarterback necessarily. I was okay, like, in obvious passing situations, just, you know, dropping back, playing coverage, and, like, if the D-line gets to the D-line, gets there. But I was like, you know, but you've got to contain that run. But, you know, you know Chris Rodriguez got like, he said, uh, but, you know, he's he's great. So, he's going to get his. So, that's what you can just expect from that. Yeah. I mean, again, all things considered, I think the Gamecocks defense did a fantastic job. So, yeah. So, uh, we got Texas A&M coming up. I really like this game. Um, Texas A&M, their offense is uh, – not as good as they uh, – not that good. Uh, they're playing with Haynes King. But to be honest, it would not have mattered if they were playing with Haynes King or Max Johnson because their offense just looks abysmal. Mm-hmm. So, um, it would, would – uh, 
I had to go back and listen to what Josh uh, he said. It's a uh, efficient uh, offense expired in 2014, and yeah, it was because it did. It shows like it does not matter who they play against. Just looks so stagnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's like I said, it's it's crazy how one game, winning one game, completely changes your perspective on everything. And uh, you know, yeah. Texas A and M again, very winnable, very very winnable. Now you got them at home at night under the lights. You're four and zero at night. I know I see Lady Brie in the comments saying it yeah. doesn't matter, but it does. It it does. You know what I mean? It, it it's it's just an interesting stat going into the game. And and uh, you know, anytime you've got somebody on your home field at night in front of a raucous Williams Bryce crowd, which is certainly what it'll be. You know, you feel good about your chances. So, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting, going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's a team you've never beaten. You know, you've got another opportunity to, to break another streak, right, reverse another trend, and, and that's exciting in itself. So, um, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll certainly talk a lot more Texas A&M next week. I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched a ton of A&M football. I've watched a little bit here and there. I know they've struggled offensively. I um, know they've got a lot of talent, right, a lot of young talent, but a lot of talent nonetheless. But uh, – yeah, man, you know, you you look at this. I would say you look at this. This is your best shot to beat Texas A&M, right? This is your best shot you've had in quite a while to snap that streak. So, um, you know, again, at home, at night, you love your chances. And, you know, I think it'll probably be another game where you need to lean on your defense and your defense needs to expose Haynes King. And, and uh, you know, I, I just – until I see it, again, I, I don't expect this offense to be some crazy explosive force scoring 35-plus points per game. You'll probably need to win another 27 to 24 or 24 to 20 type of game. Uh, but, you know, that's the cards you're dealt right now. And, uh, you know, I hope that maybe, maybe, hey, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they can carry what they did in the second half against Kentucky and carry that for the rest of the season. And, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, we'd all love to see that. But, uh, again, we'll talk more Texas A&M next week. But, uh, yeah, it's a big one, man. It's a big one. I mean, it's crazy, though, how all of a sudden, and I made this point, already but it's crazy all of a sudden we're going from you know people last week at this time are talking god we're gonna go four and eight we'll be lucky to go five and seven and and now i'm seeing people talking about man we could start seven and two so the highs are extremely high and the lows are extremely low when it comes to sec football and sec fan bases but that's why we love it man that's why we love it so uh you know i'm gonna try to stay in the middle as much as possible and i i think it'll still be a really tall task and a tough challenge and you know the 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 mental advantage that A and M has of they've they've never lost to you right they've just never they've owned you they've absolutely owned you and this is an A and M team that last year they beat you forty four to ten so you got to go out there and prove some things and uh, I, I I just I want to see a team continue to play with that chip on its shoulder I, I do I want to see that so and I think and I think they will I think they will so should be a lot of fun man under the lights I'll, of Willie B. I'll say this Chris before I go I said I think I said this to you or to somebody else. If you give this team some confidence, I think they can be dangerous. If you give this team just a little bit of confidence, because Shane Beaver has been saying this, he's like, I'm trying to keep these guys confident. I'm trying to keep these guys confident, because I think he understands that too. If you give this team just a little bit of confidence, they can be dangerous. Yeah, I mean, dude, and that's and that goes – that goes with any team, any sport, any athlete, right? It's It's – you know, we yeah. talk all the time about – the chicken of the egg conversation, you know, you need confidence to be successful, but you need to have some success to build that confidence, right? So it goes hand in hand. So now what you're seeing is a football team that you beat Charlotte, 
you beat SC State, right? You have some things to feel good about, but it's not conference play. But now you've done it in an SEC game, right? And so now you truly do have a team. You've won three in a row for the first time since 2017. Now you got a football team that believes, and now you got a group of athletes that believe. And it's kind of crazy how, you know, and I'm someone that I apply this in my personal life, but when you, when you have positive energy and you manifest things and, and uh, you know, you speak things into existence, it can apply in sports too, man. I mean, I, I know we, we, uh, we clown on Dabo Sweeney, and I, I'm certainly not trying to whatever. We clown on him, but one time when he, you know, when he said, you've got to see it before it happens, I know people clowned him, but I understood the point that he was making, that as an athlete, you got to see it happening. You know, you, you got to believe that it's going to happen. And, you know, having success and building that confidence only helps to reinforce that. So, I mean, again, what more could you ask for going into Texas A&M three-game winning streak? This team's is as confident probably as it's been all season long. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, we'll see how far that takes you against A&M. But this team, this team absolutely coming off the bye week should be prepared to play their best football game of the season. And if they do that, if they do that, you feel pretty confident that you can get the win. Uh, yeah. All right, Chris. Thanks for taking my call. Zachary, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Um, again, guys, let's see. Somebody texts in, what's up, Chris? How was the cat pack tasting? The cat pack was sweet, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Yeah, in case you missed it, guys, 730 kickoff. Gamecocks and Texas A&M. It is going to be a raucous one, a rowdy one at Williams-Brice Stadium in about, what, 12 days? 12 days till kick? 12 days until that game. Going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. The tailgate's going to be lit. Um, going to be a good time. Let's start with the phone lines. Bree, what's up? How are you? What's up? What's up, Chris? How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you asking. What's going on? What the heck? Why do I have a hold on? I got to figure this out. That's weird. All right. Um, ah, man. So, uh, are you happy, Chris? Are you happy, man? <laughs> I'm ecstatic. Winning is very fun. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm ecstatic. You, Absolutely. I, I'm not. In, listen, I'm not in this business to be right. I'm in this business to win. So, I'm. Uh, you know. Hey, listen. I. I and I and I will say this, and I and I made this point in the podcast this morning. But I, I had a lot of confidence and optimism going into the game, but I just refused to have egg on my face. So I, I don't. You know, I had a. <laughs> I, I had a. I had a guy call in and leave a voicemail and say that I should be the slap dick of the weekend for picking Kentucky to beat Carolina. I don't regret that stance at all. I, I think there's no fault in fans that are in a show me type of sense or in a I'll I'll believe it when I see it type of sense. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I am happy that this football team finally played the way that I feel like we all felt they were capable of doing so. But that's why that's another thing that makes it so special. And another reason why I'm ecstatic today is because this football team did something we have just not seen them do. We we have not seen them do it. So for them to actually go out on the road, be the tone setter, take it to Kentucky, win on the line of scrimmage enough, right, win more times than they lose to impose their will and get victory. Dude, that, that, listen, that's something that I'm ecstatic to see. I'm ecstatic to see. I was hopeful it would happen, and now we sit here on this Monday celebrating the win. So, I, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of positives obviously take away, and, and uh, you know, it just like I said, we talked about it as the inflection point you just look at the second half of the season completely differently now than you would have uh, if you had lost the game. So, 
Well, if I was a, a total dick, I would look at your after-game reactions and they want to remind you, hey, you picked against us and all that. But, you know, I also knew that you've always said, like, hey, man, I got to make my predictions, but I always hope we're going to win. So it's not like you were, like, pulling against us and then all of a sudden doing a, 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 a flip around and going, yeah, oh, it, I was actually right, a fan right, the whole right. time. And, and, well, I mean, that's, that's, see, that's, 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 that's what <laughs> – that, and that's – that's what turns some folks away from my commentary is that they don't understand that you can pick your team to lose. And it's not some sense of like, well, it's, it's me against Carolina football. No, it's just me taking my fandom out of it and giving an honest evaluation and a pick, right? I, I wasn't pulling for Carolina to get blasted by Georgia when I picked us to lose 41 to 10. I wasn't pulling for Carolina to go to Fayetteville and get run all over when I picked us to lose that football game either. But you're just – let me let me tell you this right here. Let me tell you this. Your opinion doesn't mean jack shit if you pick Carolina to win every week. If you can't take your glasses off, you're, because then, then it becomes, well, that, that's just the, – that's the, that's the sunshine pumper guy. And that's just not my lane. So – and if people want that, there are other avenues they can go. But to think I'm not going to celebrate because I picked us – I made a pick and it went the other way. You know what I mean? Like that, that just, that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard. So I, I don't know. There's some people that can separate that and understand that. And there's some people that can't and that's okay. Right. That's okay. No, I mean, Hey man, that, that is what it is. But Tim, Hey, yeah. you know, uh, what, what did I tell you, man? I, I kind of told you that the line of scrimmage was going to do it. Right. I mean, it was, our O line and our D line were were the were the real key factors in that game, man. And I've been tracking that for so long. I went back, you know. This is like a lot of people think I got the garnet glasses on because I'm, uh, you know, I want to defend that or this and that. And it's not about defending that. It's about you know assigning blame on certain plays where the where the blame belongs. I want to get out of that subject. But you know, I really watched Kentucky. I didn't just watch ESPN and say, oh, Kentucky's ranked this, and they got these rushing defense stats and this and that. I really watched all of Kentucky's games, and I knew that down the middle uh, – and by the way, A&M set up just the same, just so you all know. I can almost give you all the same damn breakdown on A&M as Kentucky. In the middle, they were always letting runs break. Now, on the perimeters, because their DBs are so damn fast and their DBs are their strength, you couldn't really get a lot of perimeter runs on Kentucky this year. But down the middle, they've been giving runs all year. And that's what I told everybody. I said, look, man, we're going to move the ball right down the middle, and we're going to move it up the field. We're going to go right down their throat. We're going to get 200 yards rushing. I was only off by 21. you got to do more than just, you know, watch our bad plays. And I know a lot of people did the comparisons. Oh, we did Charlotte. We did this. But, guys, you know, and I said, look, the stats evened out when they played the same level of teams. And what I knew going into Kentucky was, the way we played against our FCS team and the way they played against their FCS team, we look a lot better. So when you compare that and you go, oh, well, well they, you know, what about an SEC play? We played two really hard SEC teams. I know Arkansas is looking rough right now, guys, but they didn't really lose to A&M. They, they lost to A&M. A&M didn't beat them. You know what I mean? A&M did, didn't beat those guys. So, you know what I mean? It was, it, it was it was more like you know uh, Arkansas gave that game away. We look back and we go, but I think when we look back, you know, we're going to look back and go, we let Arkansas get away from us. I still put that on. I do put that on Satterfield, and and when I do my breakdown, that'll be one of the things I talk about as far as Satterfield goes. Um, 
you know, he didn't call enough runs in Arkansas. We were running the ball fine. But we left that game with an illusion that our O-line was bad. We left the game with UGA that our O-line was bad. And I kept telling everybody, I'm like, it's not. It's really not. Our O-line's playing well. There's this going on. There's that going on. But the O-line continued to play well around other issues. Those issues are getting fixed, man. They're all coming together. Um, I want to talk about, you know, like I said, a and going to be a similar game. I think we can win it very similar. But I'm going to tell you what, man, Mizzou is, is – it's not that they're really good. They're weird. And that, that's a team that's coming up that uh, um, is, is tricky for me because watching them and breaking them down, game by game, it's nothing consistent. One game they're doing this. The next game they're doing that. You know what I mean? They're bad at this one game. The next game they don't look so bad at that, but they're better at something else. But they're worse at this. Mizzou's going to be a weird one, guys. Don't be don't be surprised if that game doesn't go our way or something, or it's just it looks dirtier or grimier than what we're hoping for. I think Texas A&M should be a good, clean win for us. Mizzou's going to be a weird one, unless I see something different. I haven't gotten to all their games, but you know, Mizzou's going to be a weird one. <laughs> hey, a dub is a dub is a dub, man. I don't think we're at a point where we can nitpick and. You know, we should have won by more. I don't give a damn. Just get to seven or eight wins, and I'll be ecstatic. I don't care if they all come by one point. You know, I, I feel like I, I talked a lot about over the summer that um, how you win and how you lose in year two of Beamer is really important. But we've kind of reached the point in the season, you know, this second half now where it's just like the SEC gauntlet, and then you have Clemson at the end. We've reached the point where, like, yeah, I mean, you, you'd like to, like, beat Vanderbilt by a margin, and, and you'd even like to beat Mizzou by a margin. But these games, if you win by one, who gives a damn? I mean, like I said, if we beat A&M by a field goal, I'm not going to care that we didn't beat them by more. You know what I mean? If you beat Mizzou, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? So, um, I, and I've kind of accepted that, again, I, I don't see us being – I'm hoping we can take whatever the hell we did in the second half against Kentucky and carry it over, but I don't expect us to be at any point some sort of offensive juggernaut. And that's okay. We can still win, but um, – you know, just win anyway. Find a way. I mean, that's, that's you know, c- continue to to thrive in Beamer ball and continue to play great defense and just give our offense a chance and and go from there. You know, we'll we'll see how it works. But you know, A and M's very winnable. A and M's very winnable. And you know, it's uh, it would not have we would not be saying that had it not been for that performance on Saturday night against Kentucky. So you know, just it feels good to get that Wildcat size monkey off your back. And and uh, I mean, yeah. Listen, it was a great performance. It was a great performance. I mean, we—I have not seen the Gamecocks play like that on the line of scrimmage against an SEC team in a, a, quite a while. So that—that was—that was a lot of fun to watch. And uh, you know, I just want to continue to see us play with that chip on our shoulder and be the aggressor, and uh, you know, continue flying around. And again, now we've got confidence. You've won three in a row, and uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, but you know, great win, great win. Bottom line, great win all around. Yeah, and I see comments here about what if Levis was in. Look, I predicted 34-24 if Levis was in because the pacing of the game would have been different, but I still had us winning by about a 10-point margin because I still thought the Lions were going to do exactly what I said they were going to do. You know, and I see people coming, oh, Levis this. Man, listen, Levis has been on his ass all year long. Levis has been sacked over and over. Levis has had to roll out the pocket constantly. Every I told y'all, I, I think I had told y'all that everything that we feared about our O line, that's Kentucky's O line. You know what I mean? Like that was Kentucky's O line. And I had said that, man, Levis might have 
been able to impact the game so that they would have gotten some more points. That would have sped up the pacing of the game, and that would have made us have to score more points. But I don't think that Levis was going to play a perfect enough game with his O-line around him to beat our team. It just – guys, our offense would have gotten more and could have gotten more for sure. And if the pacing in the second half was needed, we had control. Listen, guys, we slowed down in the second half. I mean, look at look at the defensive play calling. You know, they only got their second touchdown. Really, honestly, I felt like Clayton was being a little too soft on those zone coverages when they got that second touchdown. You know, he's getting, I mean, we had third long like three or four times there, and and they let them get you know a little bit too too easy a pass on third down, so they were able to to complete on fourth down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we controlled that game from start to finish, despite the fact that we missed two in the first half yeah I mean, yeah yeah for sure i mean I, they, they went a little soft and in, in, in coverage late but i mean I, I don't know i guess it's to be to be expected when you're protecting a lead or whatever but uh brie i appreciate the call really really good stuff as always yep. i know we'll talk all week every day but i'm gonna continue to expand <laughs> on you know and I, like i said i appreciate you calling in it's always a pleasure to chat with you um but to expand on what on what uh brie was saying because i'm seeing the comments as well and they're more so on youtube but this is for anybody. I mean, I, I, you know, you're going to see the comments here and there about Will Levis that, this, Will Levis that. Guys, what is the point in playing the hypothetical game? He wasn't healthy. <laughs> like, I mean, what what is the point? that There is no what if. It just is. Like, he wasn't healthy. That's it. I, like, there's just no point in playing this high. What do you want to do? Go back and, 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 and do Kentucky week all over and let's talk about you – know, we're not doing that, bro. Carolina – went out with their 22, and Kentucky went out with their best 22, and Carolina beat Kentucky. That's all that matters. I don't give a damn who was playing. Hey, we had both of our starting safeties out. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's got injuries. Like, everybody, and I understand, I'm not denying that wasn't a big injury in this game. I'm I'm not denying, I will not be someone that says, well, that game would have went exactly the same way had Levis played. It would have been different. It would have been, but you, but you, you're 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 just grasping for straws, bro. Trying to trying to write off Carolina's win as well. If that quarterback play, well, he didn't. He didn't. So what? What difference? I mean, if you if you know if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. I mean, who gives a damn? Like, what what difference does it make? Anyways, I, I don't know. Uh, avoid slap dicks at all costs. That that's generally a, a good way to operate, guys. We're gonna jump into our first break, but I want to continue to hear from you more. Your questions, comments, calls, and more on the other side. You're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. That is 843-790-3377. Again, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, Josh Reichley texts in, a dub always feels good, but a dub in Lexington is just sweeter. So can we call that a statement game, or does Levis being out make an asterisk beside that? We had starters out, too. Honestly, feel like this will be – and this was actually a text on Sunday, so my bad. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like this would be one of the best shots of getting over the A&M hump this year. Uh, go Cox. I think it's a statement game. I, I think it's a statement game just because, again, you went on the road and did something you have not done in, in quite a while, which is 
physically just manhandle your opponent in their venue. I, again, I, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn who was playing. I don't give a damn who's playing who's out. That's what happened. Let's jump in the phone lines. Phil, what's up, man? How are you? Pretty good, my brother. How are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. I know we talked on Friday off the record. The tone of our conversation, thankfully, is much different today. I know you're happy to say that as well, my friend. What's going on? Absolutely. Great win on the road against the Wildcats. Um, it's, it's kind of a shame that it has to be a statement win, but it kind of is at this point. Uh, that's where we are as a program. But, uh, you know, I think uh, you know we, this is something that they can build on, hopefully. The reason for my call, though, is I wanted to give a big shout-out to the Carolina Rugby Boys for beating Clemsucks this weekend at home. Clemsucks was ranked number three in the country. The Gamecocks were number six, and we got that dub against a very, very good Tigers team. Uh, by the way, that has not happened in 15 um, in about, I don't know, 11 years or something like that. That is the first time that Carolina has beat Clemson in 15's regular rugby in about 11 years. So that's an incredible accomplishment for uh, Coach uh, John uh, Roberts and the boys, and just really happy for him, man. Very cool. Love seeing that. Absolutely love seeing that. Yeah, and I, and I posted, yeah, I don't know if you uh, saw, I, I reposted the picture trying to show the love to the rugby guys and uh, our guy Gavin Bennett doing yeah, work. And, uh, no, nah, it was incredible, man. <laughs> really, really, really happy for the for the rugby squad. Really happy. Absolutely. It's great to have the Palmetto Cup back in Columbia where it belongs. And, yeah, that's all I got for you. Just, you know, excited for the football and the rugby program moving mm -hmm. forward. Yeah. Phil, always a pleasure to chat with you, my guy. I appreciate you. Have a good one. Go Cox. Yeah, go Cox. Take care, man. Really, really good stuff. Glad to hear from Phil. Guys, Stephen Garcia will be coming up sometime this hour. We've been in communication back and forth. Um, Garcia on the golf course. We might be chatting with him live from the golf course. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, want to continue to hear from you guys. Phone lines are wide open as, as expected. We've got a great crowd tuned in today. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Like I mentioned, guys. Merchandise, 15% off until midnight tonight using promo code BEAMERBALL. All one word using promo code BEAMERBALL. You can get your merch there, the hat you see, the shirt you see, and much, much more as well. Also, go ahead and get your towels ordered before the Texas A&M game. By the way, those who are waiting on koozies, I appreciate your patience. Um, I've got a new batch of those in the mail as we speak, waiting on those to get here. So, uh, fulfilling that right now, we are getting your orders processed, packaged, shipped, all that good stuff. Uh, let's get in back into your questions. Let's see. Let's see. Greg Bedinger says, I know we can beat A&M, but they just play pretty darn good football against Alabama. Also, I don't care that Bama didn't have Bryce. No different than our game. A&M put up 20 and had a chance to win at the end. We can beat them, but they are a pretty good football team. Brennan M. then replies, Bama was minus three in the turnover battle in Milrose first start, if we can play clean football, have any sort of offensive game plan that makes sense, then we can win. Lexi Crawford, by the way, welcome Lexi to the Big Cock Club Discord. Uh, Lexi says, so many negative Nancys in the YouTube chat. Annoying. I guess some people will never be happy either way. Can't have the best of both worlds. Hella annoying, though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, guys, it, there's nothing wrong with being <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with being critical after a win, and that that's the best spot to be in, right, is you know, you love to be able, and any coach will tell you, you love to be able to te teach your team lessons after a victory versus a defeat. But, 
you know, again, as someone who is a, is, is a fan, who is just an observer from afar and just gives my takes and opinions on things, guys, I'm choosing to be happy after a dub. We're, we're far from perfect, but we can worry about Texas A&M all week next week. I, I'm just I, – I, I, my takeaway from that game on Saturday night, guys, again, the Gamecocks did something that we haven't seen them do a whole lot. And the whole culture versus climate thing – Man, it played so much of a bigger role than any of us gave credit to. And that was evident by Shane Beamer pulling out the shades in the postgame in the locker room and the, the culture over climate t-shirts. I mean, they had t-shirts printed, ready to go. So you can't say that, well, you know, they didn't take it personally. Oh, yes, they did. They took it very personally. And to see the Gamecocks truly take it personally and go just take it to Kentucky – play with a chip on their shoulder, play with an edge, to be the aggressor and to be the tone setter on the road at night in a hostile SEC venue, that's what I love to see more than anything. And I think that's something definitely now you can take and you can build major confidence off of. And, you know, we talked about being the inflection point, and certainly it is that. And, and wow, the way it changes the outlook of the second half of your season. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. Just incredible. So, Hunter Johnson says, no, Chris, I pointed that out last week and said they use it as fuel for the game. Hunter, I'm, I'm not saying you. I agree with you. I thought it'd be fuel for the game as well. But there were some folks that said, oh, why are you still trying to make this a thing? And, uh, you know, what, 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 you know what, why are you trying to make it a thing? It's not a thing anymore. It's like, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, anyways, guys, I want to continue to hear from you. 843-790-3377. Yeah, Travi, the D did look vintage. It did. That was a vintage performance. From the defensive line. Really, it was. It, it reminded me of the Spurrier years and the way our defensive line just used to take over games. And, and I'm not saying we're going to do this on a week-in, week-out basis. I'm not saying, we, you know, we've got some Jadavion Clowney up front. But, you know, I've been critical of Zach Pickens. I've been critical of Jordan Birch, wanting more and more from them. And uh, they showed out. They balled out, man. They absolutely balled out. Tonka Hemingway is a guy that I felt like, you know, sort of slid down the depth chart a little bit. But my goodness, what a performance. Two fumble recoveries in that ballgame. And it's why I gave Jimmy Lindsay the MVP award for that game on Saturday, the Commander Award, as it's better known as. Because his unit took over the game. His unit absolutely took over that ballgame. So, again, it just goes back to what our good friend Jake Crane said about, uh, about football, man. You win the line of scrimmage, you're going to win a lot of games. So, you're going to win a lot of games. Let's see. Sean Wells, are the basketball exhibition games free? I, As far as I know, I believe so. As far as I know, I believe they are. So, again, guys, 843-790-3377. Again, Stephen Garcia will join us sometime in this hour. I'm not exactly sure what time, but he will join us. He will join us. Let's see. It's just crazy, man, how this time last week folks are saying, we're not going to win four or five games. And now you got people, those same people saying, well, seven, eight, nine wins is back on. So it, it just it just goes to show uh, <laughs> it's a crazy game, man. The highs are high and the lows are low. And the goal is to stay as close to the middle as possible. So let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. 
Yeah, Travis Lee, the O-line has come along lately. I, I, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not going to credit it to any coach leaving or anything like that, but I, I, I think the O-line, I think the O-line has gotten better. I, I, I will say that to their credit. I think the offensive line's gotten better as the season's gone on. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'm still, again, guys, you try to stay in the middle, so I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not going to sit here and say that the offensive line's elite and that we're, yeah, that we're on the road to 10-2, and two. But, uh, you know, we, we won more than we lost on Saturday night in the trenches. And, you know, that's a positive sign. That's a positive sign because in the history of that series, Kentucky has physically whipped you at the point of attack. And so, um, you know, that felt good. That felt good. It feels good to be good. feels good to be good. So, and I say this now, you know, I, and you know what, here's the thing, maybe all along, maybe we're right where, maybe the pundits were kind of right all along. Like we were always kind of destined for seven and five and it's going to be a very up and down type deal. And I mean, that's what makes me feel so optimistic about the second half of the season. You know, I, I look at these last six games, right? Not looking too far ahead, but I look at these last six games. Tennessee is going to be tough. I, I think they're a really, really good football team, but that game is so far down the line. Who knows what Tennessee looks like at that point? And then Clemson, going to be very, very tough at their place. They seem to kind of have it figured out. You know, I, I'd like to believe that maybe there will be a different result than we've seen the last seven years, but, you know, we'll see. But all the rest of them, you could reasonably look at and say those are winnable games. And the good news is, guys, the teams that we play – they're just as flawed and they're just as inconsistent as we are. <laughs> I mean, that's the good news. That's the good news. They're just as flawed and they're just as inconsistent as we are. So, you know, for every game you say there's reasons what we're going to lose, I mean, I could say there's reasons we're going to win. A&M, Mizzou, Vandy, obviously. Uh, Florida. You know, it, it's possible. It is possible, so... Um, so anyways, I, I, I think it's, you know, most folks, I think that said seven and five in the preseason, I think their predictions probably coming true. Uh, I, I think, you know, again, what's so interesting is I, I had us exactly at this point. I had us over the summer beating Kentucky. I had us over the summer beating Kentucky. So, um, it's, it's just great to see this Gamecocks football team again, show us something that, we had not seen to this point, and, and, and that is going on the road and, and dominating, dominating an opponent and, and doing it in the fashion, like I said, and, and, and wish they did. So, Phil, I appreciate the love. Man, he says hit the like button. Yeah, those on YouTube, uh, please subscribe if you're not. Again, I do appreciate you all chiming in and calling in. Um, really, really good stuff, man. <laughs> Obviously, it's fun to tune into TDC and, and – uh, it's it's TDC is a lot of fun. It's 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 much. See, people think I, I people try to from afar. They try to get inside my head and say, well, this is what Chris wants to happen. He wants to be the fire of the coach guy. He he wants us to lose. It's like I'd much rather guys. I would much rather post videos of me smoking a cigar and dancing on Kentucky's grave. I'd much rather do that than be calling for Marcus Satterfield to be fired today or you know, question the future of the program, right? I, I'd much rather that be the case. I'd much rather it happen. 
Uh, let's see. Let's get back. I'm, I'm going to do something real quick. All right. I am someone who is superstitious. We're going to make it a once a week thing. Rebecca called in last week and we won. I think it's got to be a once a week thing until proven otherwise. So, Rebecca, phone lines are open for you. You're more than welcome to call in. You're more than welcome to do it. I see you clamoring for it in the comments. I am a man of the people. And so, I'm going to give you today, or at least we got to do it once this week. I know we don't play, but it's just still, it's still, you got to kind of keep the vibes going, right? Even through the bye week, you got to kind of keep your... John Ebert, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, dude, great. Um, I got a little bit. I'm doing the work in here. Give me one second. Dude, that is as much fun, I think, as I've had on a Saturday night watching this play in, like, a, a good while. And <laughs> I'm not going to make this short and sweet. That was, that was fun Saturday night. And... I love seeing Shane Beamer in the locker room, players after the game. I mean, like you said, when you first came on today, they definitely kept the seat for and there was bullets of wood material, whatever you want to call it. And and I'm gonna get I'm I'm just gonna get off with this. Hey Mark Stoops, I think the climate is pretty dang good in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. You have a good day, Chris. John Edward, thank you, sir. I appreciate the call. Short, sweet, and to the point. I love it, John Edward. Thank you. And yeah, I'd say the uh the climate, the culture, what have you. Pretty well. Pretty good. Pretty good. I I, I say, guys, again, I, I don't give a damn what slap dicks say, what Kentucky slap dicks or God. For, dude, i tell you what. <clears throat> I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't know what it is. But I'm telling you, because it's interesting how business has evolved and, like, our social media channels have evolved and, like, this entity used to get the most comments and then it was this one, then it was back to this one. I'll tell you, Facebook is a shit show. Those of you on Facebook, which is pretty much everybody, but I'm telling you, if you ever just want to, if you just ever want to entertain yourself, go, go, go pop yourself a bag of popcorn and sit down and just pull up our Facebook page and just read the comments. I mean, they are wild. They are wild. The amount of slapdicks that reside on Facebook and comment is is just <laughs> it is insane. I mean it is here we go. Rebecca, what's up? How are you? Good. I've been wanting to get on here and make an announcement and it's something to do with football. I cannot wait to hear it. Please fill us in. Okay. First off, um, first off, what I was trying to say is, uh, um, what is the uh, rooster's name first? What is the rooster's name? Sir Big Spur. The mascot. Sir Big Spur. Okay. All right. 
there's a reason that I'm I'm asking this. All right. Rebecca is getting a rooster for Christmas. You're getting a pet rooster for Christmas. Yes. Wow. That is a hell of an announcement. That's incredible. It is. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna name it probably Cocky after the mascot. You're you're hold on, you're gonna name it what now? Cocky. You're gonna name you it know. Cocky, okay. You're gonna name it Cocky. Very good. That is a hell of an announcement. Congratulations on uh congratulations on that. I wanted to tell everybody that, but I've been trying to call in last week to let everybody know. And it did have something to do with football. I love you it. Know. I love it. And I want to say I'm happy to hear about uh, about us beating Kentucky. <laughs> like I said before, we need faith, y'all. That's all it takes is faith. To, to be positive about us winning. Yeah, like you know, you li- know? life life is life is I, I kind of question the people. I mean, people listen, you're free to think and do whatever you want to do, but how miserable is life if you can't even be happy in the victories? I I, I understand not being happy when things don't go well, you know, when, you're, when your favorite team loses. I, I get that. I, I understand not being happy. But when you can't even be happy after the wins, that's just tough, man. Like, you really need to if, – if, if you can't, to steal the phrase from South Carolina, if you can't find some joy, if, if you can't do that after a W – I mean, it's not like we just beat Charlotte or SC State. We beat an SEC team. And damn it, I'm going to be happy as hell about that shit. I, I ain't, I'm not even going to – and I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize. If you've got people in your life that make you apologize for being happy about a win, you don't need that, you don't need that, that toxicity in your life. You, you don't need that negativity in your life. I'm not saying don't be critical, but I'm just saying like, be willing to see both sides at minimum. I don't care when people are critical. I don't care when people sunshine pump. But most of the people that do that, they're just on one side. I try to be as much in the middle as possible. But, you know, if you're looking at this game and saying, well, I still think we suck and, and we'll live No, we're right on pace for what we were always going to be. The only way, I'll tell you this, the only way that you think we're a trash team yeah, I mean, if you picked us to go 10-2, and two, then yeah, you probably do think we're a trash team. But that's not our problem that you set improper expectations. Life's all about setting proper expectations. So if you set improper expectations, then you probably do think we suck. And I'm not saying we're world beaters. I'm not saying we're great. But we're about a 7-5 and five football team, which is what everybody picked us to go. That's what we are. So, I, you know. All right, Chris. Right. I agree. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, 
I mean, you all you gotta do is have faith. Is keep all it matters. Keep the faith. Keep the faith in the South Carolina Gamecock Nation. Yeah, and and, and, and I say this, and I and I say this, and try to stay as much in the middle as possible, because, hey, don't lose sight of the fact. As good as we're feeling right now, you could lose to Texas A&M and we're right back on the other side. Or you, you could get, God forbid, you could get upset by Missouri. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it can. So, you know, that's why you don't, after beating Kentucky, you don't let yourself run to, oh, nine and threes back on, 10 and twos back on. You know, like, just, just try to stay in the middle. I think six and six, seven and five is very possible. You know, I had eight and four in the preseason. I don't know about eight and four. Eight and four sounds a little aggressive, but, you know, six and six or seven and five, very doable, very good year. But I, I'm, I'm not here to change my preseason predictions or anything like that. Take it just one week at a time, one game at a time. See where the chips fall. Right. And I totally agree with you, Chris. I totally agree. Everybody needs just to have faith in this game nation that we will do what we can, you know? And I believe we can beat. I got my faith in this knowing that Tennessee is better. You know that Tennessee is. Mm. But I got faith that I got faith that South Carolina is going to beat Tennessee. I hope you're right. That's That'd be a hell of a faith. win. I hope you're right. That's my faith in believing and stuff like that. And also, I need to check with you on something about them T-shirts, about that T-shirt that we were supposed to do. I'll take that in private PM with you on Messenger. Gotcha. All right. Sounds good. Rebecca, I appreciate the call. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Well, it's always a pleasure to call in. I love this show. Well, we love you too, Rebecca. Much love to you. Yeah. Tell Stephen Garcia I said hi. We will do that. All right. Thank you. Take care, Rebecca. We'll talk soon. Great stuff, guys. Hey, we're going to go ahead and jump into another break. But on the other side, I want to continue to hear from you more of your questions, comments, calls, and more. On the other side, you're tuned in to the Daily Crow. All right, guys, we're back. Taking your questions, comments, calls, 843-790-3377. Guys, again, uh, waiting on Steven Garcia. Just kind of trying to figure out what the game plan is going to be with Gar. I know he's on the golf course, if you will, but uh, I know you guys. I want to hear his thoughts, too. I want to hear his thoughts, too, on the game. So, we will... Let's see, let's see. Let me go ahead and send him the link over. All right. Let me get to Coach Ford's comments. Coach Ford is tuned in. 
Many of you obviously are interested in what Coach Ford has to say. Uh, Let's see. Coach Ford says, here we go. I agree with you, Chris. We should not apologize for beating Kentucky, Levis or not. Nobody apologizes to us. I saw nothing that changed my opinion on Saturday, but actually I'm more convinced than ever that he must go. Saw some good from Clayton White as he got people back from injury. And I see some people giving Coach Ford some grief. And listen, I've gone back and forth with Coach Ford plenty, but I think that's a fairly spot-on take. Uh, You know, I'd say this. Am I happy that we beat Kentucky? Absolutely. I mean, how could you not tell? Do I still think that probably at season's end, we need to go a different direction at OC? Probably. I mean, honestly, probably so. Probably so. I think when the dust settles, let me just put it this way. I, I think when the dust settles on this season, um, I think when the dust settles, we will still look back and say, I think that the offense did not meet expectations. I, I, I think that'll be fair to say. Um, and so, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But, uh, you know, obviously your, your shortcomings and deficiencies are overshadowed when you win right, when you win. And so we're not talking about the offense and, and their struggles and 90 yards in the first half because we won the football game, right? And, and I'm not saying we're wrong for doing that, but I think we'd all agree that the offense, there's still a lot left to be desired. The Z Hudson asked at a podcast right today. Yes, I don't – yeah, I've seen people asking that. Uh, guys, the podcast is out across all channels. Yes, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Uh, if you have to refresh your iTunes or something – or maybe close out of the app and open it back up. I promise you, though, it's out. It's out there. Yes, the podcast is out. It dropped as normal at 5 a.m. this morning. I know some people were asking me where it was. It's it's there. Sometimes you got to kind of mess around with iTunes. Uh, it kind of takes it a while to refresh. So, anyways, though. Uh, but I will say, give Sat and the offensive staff credit. They made the adjustments at halftime and a, a very productive second half. So, um you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. You got to tip your cap, like I said. But uh, you know that 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 is the number one concern, of course, moving forward. I didn't think I don't think any of us thought we were going to come out of the Kentucky game feeling like we had solved all of our woes or problems. But the bottom line is, you got the dub. That is the bottom line. So let's see. Yep, it is on Spotify. Also, you're correct. Again, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. I mean, literally everywhere you get your podcasts. The Spurs Up show will be there. Huge protein drink guy. Huge protein drink guy. Let's see. I will say this too. By the way, I'll say this. I will say this. This needs to be said. We've been critical of Marcus Satterfield all season, and deservedly so, but I tell you what, that reverse... To Jalen Brooks, I mean, chef's kiss. I mean, that that was a thing of beauty. Best play call of the season, I'd say. The block by Antoine Wells on that play, oh my goodness, just incredible. So much fun to watch. So fun to see. And then Jalen Brooks getting the score, that, that, that was a fantastic play call. I don't care how you feel about Sat, that was a great play call. That was a great play call. So... Let's see. Um, we got a question here from Zach. What's your biggest concern for the offense? O-line, Rattler, execution, lack of a true slot receiver. 
Mine is definitely the slot wide receiver. We rarely work the middle of the field with slants. You know, and I, I guess that's a great point. Maybe we're not putting enough on the receiver. Like, our guy's getting open, right? Um, My biggest concern for the offense? Oh, man, I, <laughs> I'd probably say, <clears throat> yeah, the slot receiver is a concern for sure. Um, lack of productivity as a whole, so. Let's see, Alden Bodine. All I got to say to Alden is pipe down slapdick. Bad day to be Alden Bodine. Like I said, people on Facebook are crazy, bro. You people on Facebook are just nuts. If they had an IQ test, if you had to have like a certain IQ to get on Facebook, there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't have a Facebook. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, let's see. Nikki Brown, Lloyd running 11 yards, the 11 early, then not going back to him and passing to take a sack and a fumble. Yeah, that was not good. That was not good. And that's just like feel the game, in-game play calling. Yeah, that was not good. That was not good. So, that was not good at all. So, got to have a feel. Got to have a feel there. Got to have a feel. And you know what? Even if, even if, you feel good about the play call. Spencer Rattler, got to protect the football. Got to protect the football, bottom line. So, um, you know, my, my, my hope is that you take, again, the second half, your success is in the second half, and you build on it. You build on it. Bottom line, you build on it. Let's see. But again, guys, hey, you're a Gamecock fan. You should be happy today. You should be very, very happy today. I, I understand that the situation, the circumstance, and who was playing, who wasn't. Who gives a damn? We got no sympathy for it last year, so I, I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear it, man. <laughs> we took our best 22 and beat Kentucky's best 22, and that's really all I give a damn about. I don't give a damn who was in, who was out for them, whatever. Um, so... Let's see. Tyler Poole says, the question is, do we stay consistent? Never been able to do so in years past. Hope we do. Well, Tyler, I'll, I'll say this, as I said earlier, with this bye week now, and you've won three straight, Carolina should be poised to play by far their best game of the season. I, I mean, you know, we said it going into Kentucky. You should have a great game plan. You should play well with the extra time to prepare. Now you've got a bye week. Hey, bye week sat to the moon. Bye week sat to the freaking moon, ladies and gentlemen. So um, let's see. Getting back to the TDC questions channel, the Big Cock Club Discord. Let's see. Austin War says the screens are fun to watch when they hit like that. That's a very good point. Yeah, listen, I, I don't have problems with screens, with, with swing passes. I just want them to work. You know, so when they work, when they work, it's a lot of fun to see your athletes, right? I thought perimeter blocking was much, much better. I thought perimeter blocking was much better. You know, when, when you get your athletes out in space like that, I mean, Jalen Brooks, fantastic game. I told you guys after SC State, he's kind of become one of your top targets. Antoine Wells obviously doing what he did. So... Ethan Sanders, Chris, what's your thoughts on South Carolina not being ranked or at least closer to a top 25 spot 
They moved a D2 team in and not us. Uh, Ethan, I, I don't think we should be ranked after beating Kentucky. I, I think you got to go do it again. You beat, you beat Texas A&M, then we can talk. But, you know, and I haven't watched James Madison, so I don't know why they're giving him the 25th spot, but I, I don't think it's unfair. <clears throat> I don't think it's unfair, Ethan, that we sit just outside the top 25. That, that, does, that doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, I, I'd say, like somebody was saying earlier, consistency, right? Consistency. Let's Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And then we can start to talk. So, Michael Ray, I want to stick with the Garnet helmets till we lose. I hear you. Those Garnet helmets, they, they they look sharp. I thought we should have probably went Stormtroopers, but they did look sharp. The unis look sharp. Wesley Bowles says. It's time for Rattler to have that game, please be, the A&M game. And, you know, I, I will say this. I want to go on record and say that I was wrong, right? I was wrong in my conversations with Bree. I was wrong in my commentary to you all that, you know, I thought South Carolina would need above-average quarterback play to beat Kentucky. I, I just, I did not think that you were going to go into Lexington and win without an above-average performance from Spencer Rattler. And I was wrong. Because what I didn't see happening happen in that you dominated the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Or at least you won more often than you lost. Defensively, certainly, you dominated the line of scrimmage. Six sacks. Enough said. And then offensively, again, you won more than you lost. You created enough running lanes for, for Marshawn Lloyd to have a very productive night. Gave Spencer Rattler just enough time. Was the offensive line performance perfect? No. But as we talked going in, the South Carolina-Kentucky series has been defined by winning at the point of attack and physicality. And you look at that game on Saturday. Who was the more physical football team? South Carolina. Who won at the point of attack? South Carolina. So it should be no surprise that the Gamecocks won the football game. And that's why I would say... For the folks that want to make this Will Levis argument, did him not playing change the dynamic of that game somewhat? Certainly. He's their starting quarterback. But to say that it would have just completely changed, does Will Levis all of a sudden play offensive line? I don't think so. Let's see. Lexi says, I liked our third down conversions. They were a lot better. Yeah, no, I thought we were much better on third down. Much, much better. And I will say that, hey, that's credit too. Let's make sure we give Spencer Rattler that credit. Made plays in the second half, right? Made a lot of plays in the second half. That big-time third down conversion to Jalen Brooks. The offense played much, much better in that second half. Played much better. Played much, much better. And you got to give him credit for it. So, got to give him credit for it. The, the uh, comments going wild. Of course, Facebook. Uh, Michael Cooper says, Chris, I remember during the offseason you saying that Brooks wasn't an SEC caliber receiver. He has proved that to not be true. Hey, I'll tip my cap. Michael, I'll admit when I'm wrong. I hadn't seen it up to that point, and he has shown this year he has made hella strides. So, hey, I'm happy to see it. 
I'm ecstatic to see it. Like I said, I mean, what's good for Jalen Brooks is good for Carolina, and what's good for Carolina is good for me and you. So I'm all about it. I'm glad to see it, man. I'm 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 uh, happily pleased and happily surprised with what Jalen Brooks has become. I really am. Credit Justin Stepp and his development and his job at wide receiver coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. How about this? We got the Roach King. The Roach King is on the links. <laughs> What's up, man? What's up? Dude, how's, how's it going? I, I won't keep you too long if you're in the middle of the round, dude. I appreciate you even making any time to chat. No, man, hell yeah. Just, uh, just chipped in for the second time today, so I'm feeling froggy. Let's go. Let's go. By the way, I want to shout out you, my friend. Um, for those that do not know, I guess we haven't made the announcement yet. You're obviously rocking the Rebel Rabbit Polo. This segment is now sponsored specifically by Rebel Rabbit. We've been working with the Rebel Rabbit folks behind the scenes, so we don't even have like an ad read put together or anything yet. But y'all go check out Rebel Rabbit. Uh, we'll be promoting the shit out of them. I know obviously Steven's already been doing so. And I, I do want to say, because I was thinking about this this morning, Steven, I know we got to get you in and out, but I want to say thank you to you because I don't know if you realize not to get sentimental here on this Monday, but realize how much you have meant to not just this, this segment we're doing, not just the daily crow, but the entire business. I'll never forget our first conversation all the way back in January of 2018. Yeah. So a lot of business successes I've had, I could really attribute to, you know, your willingness to chat with me and people, I think it obviously giving, giving, taking the show to the next level when they see a guy like yourself, uh, you know, being willing to take the time to chat. So, again, I just want to say thank you so much. And then, again, obviously, a partnership like this with Rebel Rabbit, it wouldn't be possible if it were not for you, the Roach King. So, again, I just wanted to say thank you. I truly do genuinely appreciate you, my friend. And, appreciate uh, it. Yeah, always look forward to every Monday. But, hey, let's go ahead and dive into it. Obviously, a lot of fun on Saturday night. We got a really fun one to talk about. Gamecocks get the big 24-14 to win. Uh, we'll start defensively because I know you got a lot of thoughts on the offense. Steven, that felt like, to me, what that Gamecocks defense did, six sacks. It felt like one of those vintage South kind of football games, like when you were in Columbia. And I just remember the defenses would just take over, man. The defensive fronts would take over. And you saw guys flying around, Zach Pickens, Jordan Birch, Tonky Hemingway, that were just living in the backfield. Uh, and again, a really dominant defensive performance, which I think should be the story of the game. Your thoughts on what Carolina did on that side of the ball? As I, as I was texting you, man, uh, dude, we hit it on all three fronts, man. Um, defense, special teams, offense. Uh, we played like a pissed off football team, a confident football team, and you know it's it's not hard to play over there. As uh, as I said, it's not hard to play in Lexington. <laughs> facts, facts. Hey, how, do you, this is how the, do you like me now? How do you like me now? <laughs> dance on the graves of Big Blue Nation all week. I think that's what we all should do. To be honest with you, I love it. I love it. Uh, offensively, Steven, obviously, you know, that, that is your forte and, and with Spencer Rattler and his play. And it was a rough start, right? 90 yards in the first half, tie ball game, though, seven to seven. You get it going in that second half. Were there any noticeable adjustments that you saw in regards to scheme or play calling, or was it as simple as just the execution was better in that second half? I think uh, we got the ball into the playmaker's hands. As you stated, you know, last week we got to get the ball in those guys' hands, and uh, I mean, they got some players over there, man. We got some, we got some talented guys, and dude, I, I mean, it was simple play calls, simple screens, and these guys are taking it to the freaking shack. I mean, it was, it was awesome to see, it was fun to see, and I think, uh, I think that just improved our confidence, man. That's we're uh, we're gonna start playing dangerous. I feel like I think everybody's, I think Spencer's kind of getting comfortable with everybody. 
um, trusting the little offensive line a little bit more. And, um, you know, I'm kind of excited, man. I think uh, I think the uh, the rest of the season could be pretty good. Yeah, and, and I think that should be, you know, it, it was a struggle early, but I agree with you, Stephen, that like that should be the takeaway from Saturday night is that you hope that those second half adjustments and what they did in the second half, like you mentioned, can give all those guys on the offensive side confidence. And we can see more of that to come in the second half of the season. Like you said, a team playing dangerous because, you know, confidence and success, they go hand in hand and you need confidence to be successful, but you need to see some success to build that confidence. And now you've got both being on a three game winning streak, getting your first sec win under your belt on the road, beating a top 15 team, and now you've got the bye, and it's all good vibes around. I think offensively, though, being able to bottle up what you did in that second half and carry that through, it'll be really interesting to see if they can do that. For sure, for sure. And I think we will, man. Uh, that was as, as confident and as loose as I've seen us play, again, in the second half, for sure. Um, we played with nothing to lose. We didn't play uptight. We didn't play, you know, scared of anybody. I mean, we, we went out there and we hit them in the freaking head. Um, six sacks, I mean, that's – that's how you win football games, especially. Look, I know I said Lexington's easy to play in, uh, but anytime you play on the road, no matter where it is in the SEC, it's it's not easy. So I think my words kind of got taken out of context there, but um, it, it is difficult to play away. Uh, but, I mean, I preferred it. I loved it. I love shutting those damn idiots up. So uh, I'm glad that we did, man. I'm glad we took care of business. And, you know, we, we're moving forward, too. And I love Coach Beamer at the end of the game, man, putting the sunglasses on and saying fuck all the other bullshit, like, we're here and we're, we're, we're playing loose, man. I love it. Yeah, man, you bring that up. And, and that was probably, Stephen, my biggest takeaway from the game, obviously, is just from the high-level overview that the role of Mark Stoops' comments from the preseason and the whole culture yep. versus climate thing. And, you know, obviously, Beamer gave the the politically correct coach-speak answer about, you know, and, and then Mark Stoops saying it wasn't about Carolina. But it was obvious after the game especially right that they took that very personally and like you mentioned Stephen that's what I love more than anything is that so often we've seen the Gamecocks come out and like you said like kind of be timid and and let, allow the opponent to set the tone and that was not the case at all Saturday night I mean from the opening snap this was a football team that like you mentioned played pissed off played with some swag as Spencer Rattler said in the postgame played like they expected to win and a lot of football man as you know it's about attitude it's just about attitude and, and being more confident and taking it to your opponent and again setting the tone early I think if you continue to do that you're going to see a lot of success down the road for sure and you know it that, that, you know, when I heard that, it's like, dude, I mean, were we not expecting to win previously or, or like, you know, I mean, even in 2007, when I was up there, we were, you know, bottom of the barrel SEC, you know, competition, uh, me in South Carolina. But I mean, Coach Burr would go in there every single preseason and be like, I expect to win every single game. I expect to play in the SEC championship. I expect to go undefeated. I expect to beat Clemson. And dude, you have to like, what are you doing? Like, why are you suiting up if you don't expect to win? You should expect to win everything. Steven, anything I, – I know you, you you leave that game, obviously. It's great to learn from victories. Uh, anything specifically you want to see more of from the offense? Because I feel like folks still leave that game, obviously, you know, wanting more, right? And, and that's okay. Totally understand it. Again, you got to get off to a little bit better starts offensively. But is there anything specifically you look at and say you want to see more of? I think you and I can obviously agree Marshawn Lloyd's a freak. He, he needs mm -hmm. to touch the ball. The dude glides, I feel like, when he runs. Antoine Wells, Jalen Brooks, your playmakers on the outside, Jaheim Bell getting the football. But would you like to see more downfield? I mean, is there anything specifically you'd just like to see more of moving forward? Of course, man. I mean, as a, as a QB, man, I love to see the ball in the air. I love to see, you know, bombing it down the field. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to get the ball to the playmakers. Let them – that's what they get 
paid to do. So, I mean, why the hell not? Get him the ball, get him the ball in the screens, reverses like he did for the touchdown. I mean, it's there's several ways to get guys the ball. You got to be creative. And, uh, man, I, I mean, seeing that second half, I mean, I think we kind of, I'm hoping that we kind of broke the seal a little bit and we kind of are, are, are mixing up a little bit and, and getting these guys the ball in, in creative ways. That's that's how you got to keep guys off your toes or off their toes. And especially when you're playing away um, against ranked teams, I mean, you got to, you got to have ways to get these guys the ball. Yeah. I think you make a great point, Steven, about, you know, just the light bulb moment that there's a moment where it just clicks and you, and you kind of get over the hump and that can apply to anything in life. Right. They used to say that all the time when I worked in sales, like, you know, there's a, there's a light bulb moment where you sort of become like a master salesman and you hope for that offense that they sort of hit their light bulb moment. And now it's like, you have this newfound confidence, like, Hey, we found something again. Let's continue to build on it as we go. South Carolina goes into a bye week this weekend, Steven. Uh, just give us an idea. What is a bye week like for a college football player? Obviously, you get some very necessary time off, and it's a great time to to rest up guys and and heal up those those uh th- those bruises, if you will. But what will the team be enduring or going through this weekend as they as they uh, navigate the bye week, if you will? I think just trying to stay healthy or remain healthy, um, ice up any injuries, try to get everything back together um, if there are any serious injuries, and you know, just kind of uh, have some fun. You know, that, that was our main thing was having bye weeks is just having fun, kind of getting back to that play play attitude. Um, you know, I don't know if Coach Beamer's having that same same philosophy as Coach Spurrier, but that's how, that's how we did our bye weeks. I mean, we actually got a chance to go home. So um, I, lo- <laughs> I love going home. Um, you know, obviously I had a baby there. So, you know, I went home. Um, but I, as, as we practiced, I mean, we I would have guys over at the house and do a little cookout, have, have some adult beverages and – and chill. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what the bye week is, and I'm glad we have it at this time in the year right now. Yeah, right at the halfway point. Again, you sit four and two, which, I mean, I think all things considered, man, as a Gamecock fan, you got to be happy. I mean, it's right where I picked this team to be six games through. And, you know, if you'd have told me that South Carolina would be at this point with a win over a top 15 team on the road, I, I don't know many of us that would not have signed up for that. Again, it's crazy how just one game can change the entire view of the second half of your season and your season as a whole. Uh, Steven, I appreciate you. I know this is a little bit more of a condensed uh, appearance from you, but I wanted to make sure we got your thoughts, got your opinions. I'm going to give you one more opportunity, by the way, my guy, because you took hell from Big Blue Nation last week. Is there anything, any parting message you want to give to the Kentucky faithful out there? I don't want to be uh, the guy that I told you so, but I fucking told you so. <laughs> <laughs> And leave me the hell alone. I love it. Yeah, I love leave me it. the hell alone. <laughs> Get off of Steven Garcia's Twitter account. <laughs> oh, my God. Steven, I appreciate you, man. Hey, hit him straight. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, man. Take care. Steven Garcia, yes, the Roach King, out. You love it. You love it. God. Uh, I know, guys, a little bit more of a condensed version of uh, – of Steven Garcia's appearance, but Steven playing in a golf tournament today, and hey, we're able to be efficient, knock it out, navigate it, which it actually worked well, because we got the bye week upcoming. There's no gain to talk about this weekend, so really good stuff. Appreciate Steven always taking his time. Uh, Really, really good stuff, and uh, guys, in case you missed any of that conversation, we will have that posted on the Daily Crow podcast form, as well as video form on YouTube of Steven Garcia's appearance really good stuff though uh love that love that just dancing on the graves of big blue nation guys we got eight minutes to go no more breaks we're gonna take your questions comments calls you guys want to call in squeeze in a last minute call you can do so here on this monday a very busy 
Monday. We love it. We love it. Being busy is a blessing. By the way, guys, on a side note, I will tell you this. Uh, things are moving. Things are moving behind closed doors. Uh, working on locking down by end of day today, a very, very big uh, business deal. Very big business deal. And uh, a very big acquisition by yours truly. And it's something you'll probably see over the next week or two. I mean, I I'll go ahead and tell you guys, you already know about the SEC Unfiltered Entity uh, that I launched over the summer and kind of just been figuring out what I want to do with it and what direction we want to go and, you know, exactly what I want my next move to be as an entrepreneur and a content creator. And, and uh, we've got some ideas that are about to be put in place, that are about to be put in action very, very soon. Um, I'm someone that I thrive on being uncomfortable. And I say that not in a negative connotation, but a positive connotation, continuing to re reinvent and evolve and grow and, and, and push the envelope and do different things. And so this will be something um, that once it is finalized and once we start going again, we're going to learn as we go. And that's what I've always done. And that's how I've always attacked it. And, you know, I kind of went back and forth on the decision, but for me, it felt like a no brainer that, you know what, it's time again, yet again, to push the envelope and, and operate as I always have. And, and uh, really excited for it. So, again, I'll just say that you guys will know more as it gets closer. I don't even have all the details sorted out, to be honest with you, but a big-time acquisition that will take place by end of day. And uh, very excited for it. I mean, if nothing else, guys, it is only, only going to enhance the experience for you guys. And, and uh, for all you out there that enjoy hearing me talk about things that maybe aren't the Gamecocks, fully all SEC, and even national sports. Hmm. Renee Benson, it's good to be a Gamecock. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Absolutely. Great to be a Gamecock on a day like today. No doubt. Great to be a Gamecock on a day like today. Um, like I said, folks, it, it feels good to win. N never lose sight that the fun's in the winning. Never lose sight of that. You know? Never lose sight that the fun is in the winning. Truly. Truly. Um... Yeah, I, I just – I don't care, again, who was playing. Feels good to be good. Hey, let's turn it on. Savage, what's up, man? How are you? Yeah, good, doing good, man. Too good to be a winner against Kentucky. I, I can't believe it's happening. It does feel good to be a winner, my friend. It does feel good to be a winner indeed. I me too, but we we, we got three wins to go, and we got a bye week now this week, and I cannot wait to be – a good, good, successful as it is. So, congrats to Shane Beam and congrats to uh, Spencer Ratliff for a whole entire season. Yeah, no, I mean, dude, like I said, that was a great win, and now it sets you up, right? We talked about Kentucky being the, infl the inflection point, and, uh, I mean, right. it, cer it, it certainly is, right? Because the conversation today is just completely different if you didn't win that game. So, now you're looking at the last six games, hey, we can win seven, we can win eight. You lose to Kentucky struggling to get to six, right? Staring five and seven in the face. So it, it's crazy how one game can do that, but it was a massive game, massive importance, you know, and, and this team played that way. That's what I love to see. This team played that way. They knew how important the game was, and they wanted to go out and prove a point, and they did so. So it feels good to be good here on this Monday. Exactly. And I know because I got upset because I know just, we just, like, Win against uh, them, and I can't. I cannot believe we win against them because they deserve to be lose, and we deserve to be win. I think the most of the part is we got a great team, we got a great idea. We try to get to them. I know Marcus is do is doing some stuff, but 
I know he was doing we doing so well because I know it, I know it's still good to be winners against them, and I think we're going to be a good accountable for all those people who is going to be do, to be good for them. So that's the game cost. Make the other game change from begin. Let the game cost begin to one hundred percent, thousand percent. So am I? Am I right? Am I quill? Yeah, no, listen, I think you're right. Again, it, it feels good to be on this side of things, man. feels good to be in the win column. Savage, I appreciate the call, my guy. Always great stuff. Dre Pincasso asks, any updates on Dak Joyner? Dre, what updates are you looking for, my guy? Um, I think he's healthy. I just don't think he's one of our top playmakers that we are utilizing on a week-in, week-out basis. I, I'm pretty positive he's healthy, so I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that right now, you know, Dre, there's only one football, right? And right now your top playmakers are that are touching it are Marshawn Lloyd, Juju McDowell, Juice Wells, Jalen Brooks, Jaheim Bell, Josh Van, I guess, Marion Brown. You know, just one ball. You know, there's only one ball to go around. So I think he's just struggling to find reps. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So, and, and I can assure you, I'm not going to get into the Dak Joyner conversation any further. But, you know, I think it's just there's one football and you got a lot of guys that need to touch it. And, um, you know, it, it's just uh, it's hard to get reps. It's hard to get reps. So, anyways, guys, two minutes to go. Be sure you check out the podcast that dropped this morning. Uh, Dre, yeah, that's the answer I was looking for. Just wondering why he's not being used. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's just guys fighting for reps. And, and I just think, again, there's only one football. And, uh, you know, they're, they're – I, I don't see them putting him in at quarterback. Um so, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Anyways, guys, podcast did drop this morning, episode 713. Full breakdown of everything that happened over the weekend. Um, TDC as normal this week. No podcast on Friday because of the bye week, right? No game to break down. We will have the podcast on Wednesday as normal, but no podcast on Friday. But TDC rocking and rolling all week long. Luke RJ, what was the announcement you were talking about? Well, Luke RJ, it's not really an announcement yet. Um, I might give you guys some more details behind the scenes in the Big Cop Club Discord, but nothing really to announce yet. But uh, let me just say this. If you followed along over the summer and the SEC unfiltered stuff, it falls in line with that in regards to business expansion and personal expansion for me and getting outside of just doing TSUS. Uh, that, that, is, that is what we're working on. That, that's what the acquisition is. So, I will let you guys know. I mean, it's still a work in progress. I try to keep things as transparent as possible within reason. But, uh, you know, the joys and the journey. Like I said, I'm enjoying every step of the way, man, truly. Uh, Age of Hours, I hope we go all garnet against Texas A&M. Maybe we will. We'll see. Guys, we've hit 2 o'clock. Appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.